1: It is time for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com, and we welcome in the entire gang once again, uh, Josh McQuistion, Eddie Radosevich, Bob Prisbillow. Uh, the entire gang is here. Uh, we've got media going on this week. We talked to Lincoln Riley yesterday. We'll talk to some more coaches and players today. So uh, we start barreling towards the season, a season I do believe is going to happen at this point, and uh, let's welcome in Josh McQuistion, who's been... Uh, ch- chasing things down after the uh, summit this weekend, and we could talk about that. I don't know that I really have anything to add about the summit. I think I should just shut up about the summit and just <laughs> let the summit be the summit. I think I should just shut up about everything.
0: We're just here for your hot takes. We we want them. Give us all the oh summit hot takes like COVID's not that bad. Hey, I hey whoa whoa very hostile. <laughs> are, this is where we're going today.
1: I'm just going to say, we all have stupid takes.
2: (laughs) Oh, I've got lots of them. That's not that bad.
1: Hmm. Okay. We're not here for that, message board guy. All right? Fake Gordon Keith, shout out.
3: If you want to shut everything down until 2021, you're all for it. I don't want to shut anything
1: down. I'm fine (laughs) with the way (laughs) things are right now. I'm not trying to be, you know, I mean, one of the God guys damn, on the, the message board that that fight over that it's not that bad. We know it's not that. It doesn't matter. It's still gonna get shit shut down. I don't. I mean, Josh is still gonna have his kids at home eventually, as much as he doesn't want to. It's still gonna there, spread throughout his school.
0: There's a rumor going around that until the flu is cured, Kerry doesn't want football to return. That's that, not that's, true that's, at all. That's a rumor <laughs> I've heard.
1: I went out yesterday. I went, returned <laughs> uh, cable boxes to the Cox store, in full PPE. By the way, well, the Cox store—it's like going to the hospital. I'm telling you.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's, corp- it's a big public, corporate,
1: mm, you know, places. Mm-hmm. Like that's when if you know, like pro- yeah, people are obeying the mask policy. When you go to a big corporate uh, yeah. joint, you know how serious people take the mask stuff when you go to like for some reason, convenience stores completely immune to mask wearers or not mask wearers. they don't, they, they, if you have a city ordinance, convenience stores where you go find the people that don't give a shit.
3: I feel like I've had the exact opposite. Like every, I I go to on cue religiously every morning and I feel like every morning I go in there, there, there are no people without masks on. It's really weird.
0: I don't know if it's just an OKC or Houston thing, but like I saw someone in a Home Depot yesterday when I was buying a generator. I was in the Home Depot and I saw somebody without a mask inside the store. I can't think of the last time I saw somebody without a mask. Like it doesn't happen.
1: You get the hardos at Home Depot. the home oh, stores, you get the hardos. Sure. But, but Home sure. Depot, do they not have like a, a station when you walk in the store with like where they give you masks and, and hand sanitizer and stuff? Because the one in Norman like enter, in entrance and exits they have like stations set up like they make you put a mask on
0: real no i mean there's i've been in stores like that like dick sporting goods i've been in there and they've actually got a a setup but by and large no i mean i honestly though i don't see many of those surgical masks around anymore like almost everyone's got their own little you know thing whether it's an astros or just a normal cloth you know type deal or noble or, bears yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously the Bears. I, you know, to anybody out there with noble interest, I'd love to have a noble's mask. You know, a noble mask. I'm, I'm all for it. So, I
3: only I, wear massive six A programs. Oh <laughs> no.
1: By the way, that's something to start out with. Um, you know, six- I
3: never thought I'd be a three mask guy. By the way, I got three of them.
0: <laughs> I've got one for each of our cars. So anywhere I go, I'm yep. covered. I just exactly. get those fifty yep. packs of the surgical
3: ones. Oh, that's a that is that is one hundred percent a pandemic four right there.
0: That I mean, Carrie, don't you want to make a statement about who you are with your mask? I don't give a shit. No. <laughs> I was
3: waiting for the Sooner Scoop mask to be distributed.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be epic. We could have we could have one for each side of the fence. Like I don't think it's like it could be on the front of it. Like scoop. I don't think this shit's that serious, but I'll wear it to get my food. And then the other side, like wear this, or we're all gonna die. <laughs>
1: uh, we should should we make him like let us tailgate you f***ers? <laughs> oh, that would be so great. David, that would be I, perfect. I said
3: yesterday, David Bourne killed tailgating a long time ago i don't know why that was news yesterday yeah
1: i saw that it wasn't wholly accurate he just killed tailgating on Lindsay.
3: that i mean that that was the tailgating scene
0: that does feel a little like semantics
3: well
1: i mean considering someone that parks in Sarkey's energy lot i mean i pass a lot of tailgating mm-hmm.
3: I, a lot of that moved over there though after the Lindsay stuff did it not
1: that corner uh it Yes. What is the, that the, street that, there, uh, Jenkins oh, sure. and I don't know what the, where the tr- the train you go over the train tracks there that short street uh, that has always been a pretty good corner for tailgating on sure. both sides, no doubt. no doubt. But yeah, I mean losing Lindsey like I remember the Tennessee game like that was nuts that game. I mean the the tailgating was just out of control. Awesome for that Tennessee game. But yeah, I hate losing Lindsay. That was a great tradition.
3: I yeah, mean, you're they, talking they're like over on Page Street. And what does the, it matter kind of
1: now? Yeah, what does it matter now? They've they frosted over the windows. They can't even see. You're not going to be bothering anyone.
3: Well, I'm sure there's some one of Boren's National Merit Scholars is probably fucking studying for a final in April, in September. And you don't want to interfere with them on a Saturday morning.
1: <laughs> well, I guess now you really have people that don't care about football If they live in those, since they can't watch practice
3: I They probably, to be quite honest with you The people that living over there nowadays Probably don't even know that OU plays football
1: I thought that those were supposed to be made for like families That are going back to school and stuff
2: I think those are the ones that's a little cross. bit further south Yeah, that's where okay. the Cross Center is Okay.
3: The ones that are yeah. the, the ones that are even more empty than the <laughs> art college.
1: <laughs> oh god. Uh yeah, dormitories, uh not a good this is this the dormitories were suffering from COVID way before COVID was invented.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's called stiphylus. <laughs> uh
1: but no, I look, I kind of assumed that. I mean, I didn't think sure. they would allow people to tailgate because you can't control that. And, and let's face it People would have shown up in droves Just to be outside the stadium There would have been no social distancing Probably not a lot of masks Because people would have been eating and drinking So it, w- it would have been ugly It would have just been I think the cops would have been over there Breaking stuff up all the time
3: You know what's funny is is like the, Technically, tailgating, yes It has been, uh, I guess, cancelled For the 2020 football season But like, that's not going to stop people from having yard parties in the neighborhood surrounding the campus. It's just not on campus. Like, a, right, as far as right. I understand it, fraternities and sororities, like, especially in South Creek, that's not on campus. You yeah. can tailgate as much as you want over there. But so, and and then what do you do with Campus Corner? Like, I, they, they're going to have to have some type of restrictions or that is going to be a festival over there, uh, north and south of the stadium. And I guess it just depends on what, I don't know what the game day atmosphere is like. I mean, they're not gonna have
1: the walk of champions or whatever what do they call it? Is that yeah, what and I,
3: yep. I would normally shit on something like that, but there's a lot of people that would walk over there for that.
1: Yeah, it became yep. a big deal. Sure. And it was a big deal for the players, you know, just to kind of dress up. I mean, that's when we found oh, yeah, out Orlando Brown really cared about fashion. And you know, CD Lamb would always dress. I mean, uh, CD Lamb and Hollywood Brown wearing their Belitnikov jerseys. I mean, that was pretty cool. No doubt, no doubt. So there was always something to talk to guys about after the game. I mean, Eddie, one of your famous press conference moments was uh, with uh, Kyler Murray in his uh, Tiger shirt.
3: Yeah, that was after the game, but I. But I'm definitely. saying he
1: dressed up because of the no, Walk yeah, of Champions.
3: Sure. sure, yeah, for sure. And you know, the other thing about it too is. is Shit, with as locked down as they are around there, it's nice to know who's getting on and off the bus. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm serious.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was a good way to double check.
1: Well, and that's, you know, I don't know. We should find out something on, on like, media policies this week. But from what I'm told, it doesn't sound, like what we've been told, it doesn't sound like there's going to be many media allowed on the road this year, like in press boxes. Like visiting no. media, like maybe Which just a few sense. seats.
2: I mean, you got to zigzag, basically, right? Just zigzag, upper. Lower, well, and you got to take lower. care of
1: your own too. I mean, I agree with that. Like, the people that cover the team, you have you're going to have reduced capacity anyway. I know fans don't care about this stuff, but it's just one of those things. Like we're all, like I asked Lincoln Riley yesterday, like what what don't we think about that you have to deal with that takes up a lot of your time? Uh, and he said, well, I get a schedule in the morning and five minutes later, I wad it up and throw it in the trash. Like our days are like that a lot. Like we scramble to figure out what time we're doing the podcast, what day we're doing the podcast, because we're waiting to find out if we're going to talk to coaches. Like we don't know. Usually we've never known. This is the first week when we've had advance notice that we have had interviews Like, usually it's, we may have Lincoln this afternoon, I'll let you know. And then, you know, an hour before, it's like, okay, we're on for Lincoln this afternoon. Like, it's just been mass chaos.
3: I feel like every day I wake up in one of those things that, not a simulation, but I I told Bob the other day, like, we went to a high school practice, and it's like, I feel like we're just doing this because we should be doing this, but I don't feel like anybody actually believes that we're going to, get this done in three months you know what I mean it's yeah like, it, I've it's, been right there with go, you it's good to go through the song and dance but I don't feel like like what's at the end of the tunnel I don't know and I think that that is why it feels so weird for everybody and I
1: think the also the other thing is like it's hard for me to get excited to talk to you about previewing OU football when I really don't know like who else besides Kennedy Brooks might opt out before we get to the start. Like and that's the thing like people could play a game and then opt out. Like that's out that's not out of the realm of possibility either. Like if someone if someone goes out there and the first game gets played and seven people come down with covid, someone could say
3: I'm done with this shit. I'm just going to sit out the rest of the year. I feel like such a shitty person for thinking like I don't know that some of these guys just are using the COVID as an excuse. I, 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 I honestly, like I feel really wrong to think like that. We had a guy opt in yesterday. Sure. Who
1: had opted out for Vanderbilt.
3: And maybe he talked to doctors. Maybe he did like he he literally did his own research. Maybe he talked to agents. I feel like there's some, some peer pressure a part of that too.
1: Maybe somebody in the NFL said, yeah, you're not going to be drafted unless you have some more film.
3: Which is very fair. Like, with the Kennedy Brooks situation, it's just, it's it's, it's strange to me. And I, I hate that I feel that way. But with him being the only guy, I just, I guess I would like to know what his thought process is. And then, on top of that, are, are you really thinking about coming back? So why, why would you opt out? It just, I don't know. I guess it's because there's so many questions still that I don't truly understand it. And the other side of that is, is. I should mind my own business and let him make the decision for himself.
1: But the strange he, part he, is he's opting out, but then he's probably going to come back and play another year. Like, why? Lincoln won't address point. that. But yeah, that's what the will talk any- is around the whole situation.
3: Oh, that's a good point, Bob. I mean, Kennedy Brooks technically hasn't announced that he's announced anything. Opting out. So, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that Kersey's wrong. I, I 100% believe that he has told Lincoln Riley that he's opting out. I mean— Well, and Charleston Donald
1: Rambo Bernie confirmed it. That.
3: Sure. But it's just—it's it's very strange. I guess, like, selfishly, I need something that goes, oh, that's why he's opting out. That makes sense. I don't know. It's very selfish to think like that. I. I completely admit
2: that. No, because you want to know, is he coming back for 2021 or is he leaving and getting ready for the draft? It's a legitimate thing to be wondering. That's why we asked it. And then we Lincoln said flat out he's not going to address that stuff. He's not addressing the opt-outs. He's not going to announce them. And it's kind of sort of what Bob Stoops used to uh, always say. I'm just going to focus on who is here. That was sort of the tone of Riley I thought from yesterday.
0: Was yep. that
3: onion onion that getcha? Was that the uh, was that the famous line? I
1: don't know if it was with Chijoke or not. Um,
3: oh no, no, it was with an offensive guy, wasn't it? Because he was like, we can we can fill the
2: seven. Uh, oh, that was a Kaba when he first got to Ahmad Oklahoma. Pabba, that's yeah. it. That's it. He
1: said, "I think we can find someone to catch seven passes."
2: Until much <laughs> lesser extent, it was Quincy Russell too, because we were asking about him after every practice.
3: Oh god, Quincy Russell is a name I haven't heard in literally days or years, I mean.
0: Quincy Russell. Probably the only time I hung out and watched the workout inside of a really crappy gym. It was
1: like in a strip mall, wasn't it?
0: It was. It was just right next to a highway in San Antonio. I it wasn't off 10. I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was I mean, it wasn't like it was just a small little gym. It wasn't, you know, like it wasn't like a 24 hour fitness where there's going to be light coming in from everywhere. It was dark and dank. And it was just like, we, okay, saw, the, this is...
3: we saw the video. I'll throw it in the podcast uh, thread when we get it. <laughs> up. Sure, sure. I felt no, a little was, bit footwork, like Josh the footwork.
1: I did feel a little bit like uh, like we put you in a Julio Jones situation again on that one because he would not talk to anyone. And you yep. couldn't interview. Oh, it was the only way we were going to get him. Yeah. yeah, it was
0: only and, and that's fine. I mean like it we got an interview and nobody else was getting one and I, I mean I'm all for all that. So that's fine. It was just it was an awkward setting like when I'm watching guys doing like rows from like 3 feet away and trying to like video them and I'm just He's bite. like doing footwork among like, you know, weights like and stuff. The dot, the dots yeah. Or yeah that's
2: on the ground. Yeah, he was like doing footwork on like
0: a,
1: plates a diamond and stuff. Or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, he was just doing footwork around forty five pound plates. I mean, it was exactly. <laughs> it, was, it, it was, and you know what? Everybody, and, everybody watched that video and like, oh my god, look at that footwork! He is amazing.
3: Well,
0: no, and I they, I said
1: and,
3: that. I, I, I think it's like he, the footwork looks great. That's a big body moving the feet well. Um,
0: they and they, they I, you know, like when you're video and you know Eddie knows this too, and you know I know we've all shot video when you're, there's like a certain depth when they can just kind of block you out and ignore you, and then there's a certain area when you're too close, and they, it's almost like their brain can't deal with it, and so he was oh, like, like do and you want to get in stuff. on this? And I'm like, no. No, I'm good, <laughs> man. I've got, I've got my video here. So good. Oh,
1: man. Well, I mean, I would say that would never happen during COVID, but you did go see uh Brendan Walker and Working out with Tom Ward, so. Uh,
0: yeah, Laney just came in here. It reminds me, as you bring up Brendan Walker, as I was doing that interview, like Laney and I were heading to the airport. Like, we were leaving, and um, she had stayed with her grandparents that week I was up there. And so she's literally sitting in the rental car next to me, and I, I didn't know it until, like, probably a week ago. She videotaped the entire time that I'm interviewing Brennan, and she just got this video. It's like me with a microphone talking to Brennan. It's like looking through the window of the rental car. It's, uh, it's really great.
3: <laughs> why, didn't, why didn't you include that in the uh, video that you put on the
1: server? Yeah, you should have uploaded
0: I, that up to the server. I, like I said, I didn't know it existed. I thought she was watching <laughs> you know, one of her shows on her iPad. I had no idea I was getting attention. Did you delete that video? Uh, no, no, I, I, we could I probably make that public. It it's us, fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, there's the people can look behind the curtain. It's, it's a little bug stained and tinted, you know, but that's fine. Can you
1: hear her like crying gently in the background? Like
0: probably no, but it's probably, I mean, it's not like missing daddy. It's like, this is what my dad does for a living. That's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> he just interviews other men. Yeah, the girls across the street, their daddy, you know, he went to space a couple times a year. Cool. My dad does this.
1: I wish I loved my dad.
0: Seriously, I wish I wasn't so embarrassed.
1: I wish my dad made it easy for me to love him.
3: It could be worse. Butters had to follow his dad to the men's uh, sweat house or whatever.
1: Butters from South Park? Yes,
3: from South Park. Butters. I don't
1: think I've seen that one. I don't think I have either.
3: Oh, your your father just likes wrestling. <laughs> it's pretty funny.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, but I mean, as far as like the high school version of that, I mean, there I guess there have been a couple of guys or maybe one guy that said, oh, "I'm good. I'm just gonna go to college." But like, you're not seeing a you're not gonna see a whole lot of opt outs in high school. I
2: don't think. Well, not, no. not among players that can actually play. There's 16 states right now that have moved the spring. So those, those players, you know, you're you you you're not sure, especially if they want to be a mid-year. I didn't realize it was but that if high, play, 16. Wow. If, if, if you can play in the fall, there haven't been any people that you've seen so far say they don't want to do it.
0: Yeah. Did I? Did Ohio bounce back? Is Ohio one of the 16? I can't remember. I'm kind of putting you on the spot there, Bob. Because the, the guy that immediately comes to mind for me is Jack Sawyer, the big... Uh, five-star DN that's committed to Ohio State. I know he opted out, but I don't know if Ohio... I believe Ohio... that's the joke, that
2: the Buckeyes can't play, but high schools can, so yes.
0: Okay, yeah, then, okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, and I, I, I think there's a couple things involved with that. At the college level, everybody's thinking about the NFL, and they've got to make the best decisions for themselves. At the high school level, it can be guys you grew up with, and you know they're never going to play another snap of football. And, you know, man, we were going to win state this year. We were going to do this. And obviously, they're not doing it without the guy that's going to Ohio State, or they're not doing it without the guy that's going to Oklahoma. So there's a lot of pressure, I'm sure, to be like, dude, if you, you do this to us, we're our season, all the stuff we've worked for for four, eight, ten years is gone.
1: Does anybody think that if they, for people that don't start playing in the fall, you still feel like people who try and play it in the spring still aren't going to be able to play? Like the Pac-12, Pac-12 will still say, yeah, we're not going to play in the spring either.
0: Yeah, what's not going to exist? Be... Go ahead, Josh. I, I, what's going to have changed? I mean, what's what will be so dramatically different in January than it is now? I mean, it's not like there's going to – I mean, even if they have a vaccine, it's not going to be produced at the level you need to be like, okay, we're, we're all clear now, or that it, it's not going to have run its course. I mean, this thing's going to keep popping up from place to place. So I – if you're not going to do it now, I don't think you're going to do it in the spring. I don't think the decision is going to change. And once you've already made that choice, you can't come back and say, oh, well, it, well, it's different now. No, it's not. Same choice. You're making the same choice, and you're doing it now because you feel the pressure that you have to do so. 100%. That's,
3: that's kind of the way I feel as well. It just It doesn't. It just doesn't seem realistic, and you you know you talk to you listen to Gabe or you listen to Teddy talk guys that have played. It just I appreciate the idea, like somebody like Jeff Braum presenting what he did, but it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then you get into the fact of you know if if we get into this situation into this season as far as the ACC the big or the SEC and the Big Twelve playing, I think it's going to be a festival. Come October, if we're playing football and everybody else, uh, whether it be in the Big Ten or the Pac-12, isn't, it, it, it will become more political than it is now. And, you know, you saw like, uh, was it the uh, Senator Klobacher from Minnesota say that she reached out to the Minnesota president to sway the decision as far as, uh, you know, Minnesota not supporting playing football. I'm I'm telling you, I, I hate that it's gotten to this point, but it is it is, I would say, 80 percent political. 20% worried about players' health. Because if that was the case and they really worried about kids getting sick, they wouldn't have had all these kids come back to campus. It just doesn't make sense to me.
1: Well, and here's where I kind of stand on that thing. Like, people like Eddie that got sick, you know, people that got sick in the summer, like, I got to think come spring, they're going to be fair game to get sick again. Like, if this is just a coronavirus, which which exists, existed way before COVID-19, then we all know you can get a coronavirus again. Like, eventually, all your antibodies or whatever are going to wear out, and three, four, five months down the road, you could probably get it again. So, all these guys that, you know, all these people that believe in, like, herd immunity and all this, I don't, I don't have any medical science back. Nobody knows, because we haven't had it long enough, but... I gotta think like people that have had it will be able to get it again here in
3: five months, six well, that, months. That's kind of my argument, Kerry. Is if we're gonna shut if we're shutting sports down, these Big Ten, Pac twelve schools don't can come talk to me about playing any other sport until we get this figured out. If that's the, if that's the stance they're taking, they better not even think about playing in two and a half months or three months, whatever it is.
1: Well, you saw where Bob Bowlesby came out and said, "Look, if we don't have football." <laughs> We probably don't have any sports of the Big 12 this year. Yeah. I mean, Which, the,
3: I mean, I guess it, that makes sense, doesn't it?
1: But can you imagine? I mean, the Big, Tw- the Big Ten might have made that decision for themselves that they've just lost all chance to have sports this year.
3: It, it is, I mean, it, for the first time in a long time, it feels really good to be back in the Big 12 as far as looking at what the Big Ten's done. I think what they've done has just become actually kind of a joke. It's sad that the Pac
2: twelve has handled this much better than the Big Ten. Just Yeah, you wake up every day seeing something with the parents group. I know that's something that went out again this morning.
1: They write a lot of letters, but they had a chance to actually have a physical presence and it was like twenty people.
3: That was even that was even sadder than the reaction of the Big Ten leader.
1: <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> sad. It was Yeah. It was like I don't know I, I I mean it was just it wasn't that impactful
3: that probably went there, there might have
1: been more cameramen out there than people
3: I think no i I one hundred percent think that they were so I look
1: I think Lincoln said this yesterday you know that they're getting eight or nine people back they did finally release a covid report and it was a little bit alarming because you saw there that they had 17 active cases, and somebody on the board brought up a good point. Like um, the people that get quarantined because of contact tracing, that they just keep them under surveillance, and they may not have uh, they may not have tested positive for coronavirus, but a lot of times those are considered active cases by by play, you know if, if someone works somewhere. Uh, like a bigger company, so maybe that's what they were doing. But essentially, you had 17 active cases. You get eight or nine back. So let's say uh, you have, you know, seven, or I'm sorry, 11 people uh, still, or 10 people that are out would well, be less than that. Um, nine, eight, nine, eight or nine people that are out. And I, I think the the bad part about this, guys, is if you piece things together. We asked Lincoln Riley, Bob. You asked him about the quarterback race yesterday. Between Tanner Mordecai getting a hamstring injury, and then I'm pretty sure he's been in this latest round of uh, coronavirus, like, he hasn't had that much of an opportunity to win a starting quarterback job in camp. Not that we thought he would win it, but it just doesn't seem like, you know, if all that, you put all that together, guys, like, it's been a one-man race this entire time.
2: Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about quarterback and then yeah, Riley just sort of mentioned that's a lot, a lot like that for quite a few positions. Uh, you can't really have real competitive battles if, if the practice times vary from group to group. I mean, we all know how that blew up yesterday about how the one uh, position group was down to one person last week. I mean, we can sort of may, we Maybe it was quarterback. like you need multiple of them on the practice field? And but he you said think, you had to have multiple on the
1: field at the same time. So it had to be like but, but defensive line in
2: practice. If if that's what he's talking, if he's talking about the actual game day, yeah, obviously. No, I think
1: he was saying but, when you when you practice, you have this this position has multiple people on the field at one time, like like a secondary or a defensive line, like. I think that, or an offensive line. I think that's what he was saying. Was the that's what I took
2: out of it. I took it because, like, when we go watch the fifteen minutes, there's like five different quarterbacks out there. You need multiple ones out there to get through all your reps. So I, I I guess we just took it differently. But we know that. I mean, it it can happen that quickly where a position group is gutted, and it's hard to try to determine who should play where when. Some of these people haven't been doing much of anything for the last two, three weeks.
1: It was funny when they came out with that video uh, that was all wide shots, and it showed a football leaving someone's hand, but you didn't <laughs> actually see the hand. And then you saw it coming down to nestle in a receiver's hands, but then they never showed the receiver.
3: You literally couldn't see who threw the ball. <laughs> yeah. Like there was, there was stuff that Carrie, you and I went back and forth. Like as far as like looking at the videos, it's like you literally—they position the camera where you cannot see a number. Right on who's yes. blocking who. I've never seen this. I've never seen it as locked
2: down as it is right now. It's and then when, to yeah, be honest, latest, it, it's bullshit. It's crazy. When you yeah, the latest one is like Joshua Eaton, Seth McGowan, Ryan Peoples. It's like, I mean. It still looks all fancy and like you know, you how they produce things, but it's like that's not the guys I expected to see in this type of video.
3: I'll be honest, hand up. I'll I'll take this one if anybody has a problem with it. It's not even shot well. Like that's my biggest thing. It's 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 actually what I would say is poor video.
1: Wow.
0: I think they should invite Eddie in, let him do the video. We promise we will not use any of the information acquired from that. He will Forget all. Eddie
1: will good. just Eddie will just show up and announce I am not going to f up your video like you have been doing.
3: And I, I appreciate that they're supplying it; it's better than nothing. But like, why? I, because I'll they're trying. So I'm not the hard. only person that has noticed that. I will say this though. I will say this though,
1: Eddie. That from what I know, I'm sure they have some really good shots uh, because they're probably focusing on people like Charleston Rambo and Spencer sure. Rattler and. Uh, you know, Austin Stogner, but Lincoln has to okay that video. So there's probably a lot of really good shots that Lincoln's just like, nope, not showing that because, uh, he was running this route or I don't want to show, you know, him beating this defensive back with his size or something like that, you know, or I don't want to, I don't want to see, uh, I don't want to show Jaden Davis's catch-up speed here. So, I mean, like, it's just, who knows?
3: No, you're you're completely right. You're completely right, and uh, I understand that. And again, that's why I say that it's it's almost gotten to the point of psychotic, as far as the lengths that they go. I think are more stressful for them than it is for anybody. Like they're putting more stress on themselves by, you know, approving what kind of video it is. Maybe instead of not having to approve what kind of video it is. Maybe meet with the media for 10 more minutes than 15 minutes on a Tuesday. Rant yeah. over.
1: Yeah. Well, we're getting three media opportunities this week. We talked to Lincoln yesterday. We'll talk to Bill Bedenboe and Roy Manning today. Which, Roy Manning, when you talk to him, he's it's kind of like me. Uh, like, I'm a jackass on the radio in the mornings, but then I'm a normal guy uh, during interview stuff. So. I think we're just—we always expect Roy Manning to come in there just yelling, and he's just normal. It's—it's it's kind of—it's hard to get used to because you only really ever see him just screaming at you on social media. So he'll come no, in sorry, there you, normal.
2: You might have heard something. I was looking at the Trey Brown video. Yeah, I did hear yesterday. some screaming. I thought and, maybe. And they don't show the quarterback. They hide the quarterback's number, who ends up getting picked off by Trey Brown. <laughs>
1: You think maybe maybe they're using all their time, Eddie, using digital technology to obscure numbers?
3: I mean, they seriously might. I don't think anything a, goes over there right now. They
1: just have an After Effects expert in the offices now that just changes I just numbers. I don't understand
3: why they have to be so secretive. It just is... It, 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 it's, it weirds me out. If like you people want to be a part the People want to know what's happening at practice, and they just build a a big-ass wall around it. I, I don't know. It just kind of rubs me the wrong way.
2: And then that leads to things like Jaden Hazelwood. But at least we got some clarification on that. And I, I let sure. Harry take, uh, uh, take that one.
1: Yeah, I, I, I haven't exactly... I don't know what to make of this thing. Half of it's a bored joke, uh, and half of it is just a crazy person. I mean, two or three crazy – like, that's where – I don't know, Josh. I mean, I'm – Josh is a better – he's a better uh, translator of message board ass hattery than I am.
3: People are just giving you shit.
1: I mean, a lot of people are. I understand that. But there are legitimately people that feel like we are hiding information about Jaden Hazelwood. uh, And people – Have let social media
3: drive them insane. They really have. Because I think that just goes back to everything around the secrecy of the program. Yeah, I mean that's part
0: of what it is, I'm sure. I I think it's I think you get a, a blend of honestly, there are you've got people that they need every minute detail and if they don't have it then that it, it's like reasonable doubt it gives them a ability well i don't know that Jaden hazelwood had surgery so i'm not sure if i even trust the whole idea of that he was hurt Or i don't know exactly what his surgery was or who his surgeon was and or, the
1: report was never Jaden hazelwood yeah. has had a torn acl and he's having surgery like i know
0: i know and and, and that's and that's what it is and i that You know, the thing that – and, uh, guys, I don't know about you all, but I have to remind myself of this sometimes. And this isn't like – I'm not down on the fans for this at all. Like, I understand where it comes from. But I think sometimes there is this belief that when they want to know something, we just get to call whoever up, and they're going to be like, yeah, let me tell you all about that. Let's, uh, Let's go into minute detail on this thing that we really don't want out there in the public and serves no purpose for everyone to know about like it's, it doesn't work like that guys like it's it's one of these things where you know people will be like well Josh you know wh- who committed or who decommitted do you really think any sources that I talked to really want to go into a decommitment like or why it happened or what happened or if someone you know on the staff maybe made a wrong step or something nobody wants to have that conversation nobody wants to talk about that so then you're relying on well, the player or something like that. Well, then you get into different motivations and what can be there. and I mean, it's all of these things where I don't think people understand that there are so many lenses you've got to look at this stuff through. And like you said, Carrie, with the Hazelwood story, we never reported that it was anything in particular. We reported there was an injury. I reported like, it was an had...
1: ACL injury.
0: Okay, okay. Well, then, I mean – there, there's no I, I, like I said, it's hard to get into that because people want there to be all the details. And guys, there's a whole bunch of reasons whether publicly with Lincoln Riley or privately, people aren't going to want to talk about that. They're not going to go into great detail on that. And so you, you run into some of these problems and it's just a reality that guys, you look at it. I mean we've had people, you know, Dennis Simmons, like we talked we joked about it on last year last week's pod. Pretty much confirmed it. Like, I mean, he he conceded, like, we're not going to talk about injuries. And then Lincoln Riley's, you know, admitting that he's not doing anything. Why does it matter exactly when he, you know, I I don't know. Like,
1: Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, like, if we had been to a 15-minute, it's everything. Like, COVID has just f***ed up everything. Like, if we had had normal practices and we had been out there for our photo session, we we would have seen that Jaden Hazelwood was not suited out, was not practicing. Like, that could have been the end of it. But because we're in COVID, and this is kind of, it goes with everything. Like, what Eddie's saying, you know, coaches, one of their biggest jobs is not to tell the media any, anything that is sensitive information. And Lincoln views injury information highly sensitive, more, even more so than Bob Stoops did. Like, Bob Stoops, if he knew somebody tore, we've talked about this before, if he knew somebody tore an ACL... And they were gonna have surgeon be out for the season and be like, yeah, unfortunately towards ACL, he's done for the year. Uh, Lincoln won't do that. Like, he'll just be like, Well, he had a he had an injury in his lower half of his body, somewhere below the waist. And uh, yeah, you know
3: I'm not saying that. Like Lincoln doesn't need to like come out every week and it's like, all right, here's the here's the list of injuries that won't be playing this weekend, so and broadcasting it to everybody they're playing, but to just act like, you know, somebody that got hurt during the summer. Like, there's a suspicion around it. Like, oh, well, maybe they could come back. I I, I honestly think it does a little bit of a disservice to the fan base. But
1: No, it does. And it drives them crazy. And and it's a disservice to us because we have to deal with it. Because even when we report, yeah, he's injured. He's going to miss some significant time. Then they convince themselves, well, is he really hurt? Because I saw on social media that this happened. But what it's done is it's, and I've referred to it as the you know, this new kind of era of informational paparazzi where look, we know the coaches don't want to tell us information. Now we all have sources where we can go through back channels and find out some things here and there. And you know, that information we feel is pretty accurate. Uh but then you have this you know whole new breed of people that are out there like, you know what? I don't appreciate that you guys can't get the information that I want. So I'm gonna go through uh severe channels. I'm going to go through uh, bef- befriending players and trying to get that info that way, which we know we're not supposed to do. As, you know, it's just unethical. It's it's not part of, you know, every, every time that that's ever happened, somebody over years and years, every time somebody's with it. Remember Trevor Knight's mom was on Facebook, and she confirmed that he had a knee injury, and Josh Heupel called her and made her take it down. Like... Uh, and you know, the coaches put the fear of God into parents, like don't talk about injuries to the media. Uh, so you have all the, it's, it's been, you know, ingrained in us. Like, that's not how you go about getting injury information, but you have all this informational paparazzi that's willing to do all these things now and break rules. And, uh, whether it's, you know, give kids rides, uh, which has been rumored to happen or uh, you know, go play golf with him. I'm sorry. I said it. I'm just not going to, I mean, whatever, like that's stuff that's over the line that will get you fired if you're working for a reputable company. So, uh, it's just, it's a different age. And I understand there's a lot of information out there and people feel like they can get more information. The problem is you can't get credible information. You can get more information, but it's not always credible. And we're now living in an age where people don't care if information is credible or not. They just want information. Just like they want an out-of-context photo of you know a celebrity uh, walking down the street with their dog walker, and then all of a sudden it's
2: an affair or whatever. Part of this this particular one is because of how Hazelwood has presented everything. And possible. I think he
1: likes screwing with people on social yeah. media.
2: You know, because there's been some that say, minor setback for a major comeback, or they post their hospital picture, you know, things of that nature to kind of let you know, okay, we know you're hurt. We know you're on the way back. Like T.J. Pledger
1: posted a picture of himself after surgery last year when he had his wrist thing. We all knew, like, okay, it's it's something really serious.
2: Marcus Hicks, you know, in the same way. Caleb Kelly mentioned, you know, he got into the business school and he got a new knee again. Like, there's usually people are can be forthcoming if they choose to be. With Hazelwood, he's been the complete opposite. Almost, I'm not saying trying to trick, but he, it's almost like he wants to convince himself that he's closer to being back than what he really is.
1: Yeah, he's lifting weights, you know, he's 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 doing all this stuff, he's riding a bike. I never saw that video, by the way. Um, I mean, and, and he's posting photos of, like, him running routes, and then he's, he's putting on there, not from today, like... And then he's got, you know, friends of his that are like, oh, you won't believe what this video of Jaden was today. Like, it's been this constant, you know, trickery that's made people believe that maybe he's not really hurt. So it's just, you know, it's what you deal with these days. But Lincoln said would, he's not practicing. So
3: just real quick on the, on the Hazelwood thing, I would maybe even point out, too, that I mean, the guy has 81,000 followers on Instagram. I would imagine that there's a little bit of pressure put with, I, I don't want to say like building a brand, but, you know, I, I don't think I would go days without tweeting. It's just kind of like you got to produce content somehow. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm looking into it.
1: No, much. I think that's right. I think that's part of it. So I, I I'd like to say we can finally put that to rest, but... I don't think it'll ever be put. I don't think people will let it be put to rest.
0: We need to get a copy of all his doctor's appointments. And uh, <laughs> at that point, maybe people will, will fully buy in.
3: Yeah, that wouldn't I be mean, violating HIPAA, I'm would it? I love stalking somebody. I love stalking
1: people.
3: I'm not above it. I'll just start following around. But, you Unmarked know. Unmarked car, the whole, the whole bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're not buying you a new car.
3: Oh no, I'll need to get like a uh, blacked out like uh, Pontiac, maybe something maybe a little Sunfire or something. Uh, <laughs> something that I don't mind getting dirty, something that I don't mind uh, maybe having to When's the last time you saw of, yard a, of somebody?
1: When's the last time you what? saw a Sunfire out on the road? Uh
3: I don't know if I could tell you what a Sunfire looks like, so I don't know.
0: Eddie, I have a buddy that has gone into PI work. He'd be happy to, you know. You guys exchange notes here at some time, you know, just kind of, just awesome. the, the, yeah, just the proper way to attack the. Uh, you situation. have to pay for
1: your own PI work, and you go, you can't tell us. It's us just, <laughs> you want to keep working here,
3: bringing back the uh, bringing it bringing back the uh, the
2: bush the bush shot.
1: I enjoyed that day with that could have
2: gone that could have went the wrong way
1: with DGB. That was uh. I enjoyed that day That,
3: that was, was fun. an all-time That was like an all-time memory, I think Because at the time Like, just the whole DGB episode Was Pretty wild to begin with, wasn't it? I mean, hell, Carrie We went and saw the kid in high school
1: The look on his stepdad's face when we were standing there <laughs> As they were driving away Like, what the hell had just happened
3: It was Kale and Jay Norvell, right? That yeah That were with them
1: Right, uh-huh and what did Jay said something as he was driving off? I can't remember.
3: Yeah, it was something. To, I think it was something to the effect of, you guys really don't have anything else to do today. And it was like, <laughs> nope. And just as I'm like videoing every move that he makes, that and the uh, Kevin Wilson standoff were
2: oh, probably at the airport. up
3: there for a Scoop HD uh, investigative reporting.
2: Man, with that DGB stuff, I... The- I just got back into the country for my honeymoon. I thought it was a big joke. I had no clue what anybody was talking about, but what the hell is going on?
1: I mean, it wouldn't have been so surreal if we hadn't already have, it's, you know, been out to see him. And, you know, he came, he showed up at OU's camp one year with, uh, what's his name? Gunner Keel, um, uh, and like that was like a big that was kind of like a big paparazzi moment as well. So it's like we had a lot of run ins with him for a guy that never played a down at OU and actually went to OU for a year.
3: Maybe kind of sort of one of the most unbelievable stories that's ever out there, knowing that he was part of that twenty fourteen uh I guess scout team. Or twenty Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Was it right? 2014? Baker, 2014,
3: Andrews, right?
2: Brown. Yeah. That I mean, just talk about an
3: all-time team that... Better than the one like, on the field. Yeah. He never... He literally never... He, he never suited up for Oklahoma, right? Correct. I would say
1: we have a history. You guys know how I feel about the commitment video, about how it's kind of a curse for guys. Uh, like, it never works out. Like, R.J. Henderson never worked out. Uh, my, um, What's his name? The offensive lineman from St. Louis. That just... Just transferred oh, again, uh, uh, Thompson. Michael, Michael Thompson. Thompson. Mm-hmm. Like, Michael Thompson, like, there's so many. Like, yeah, there's so many. Like, name me someone that did a commitment video that actually went on to become like a really big name. Like, I can't think of one off the, the top.
0: Be, of my head. The best one I can think of is Adrian Ely right now. Like, he did one. Yeah, and I mean, he's. I, I wouldn't say he's been a star, but there, there's a good, good bit of evidence say he'll be at least a draft pick. But
1: I would say, sooner scoop. We have our own curse too, because uh, not that. You know, like Justice Hanson didn't have a nice career at Arkansas State, but we took more video of him than anyone in history. Uh,
0: we, I think he's accepted as number one. Who's number two? I'd have to think about that. I know for Chris a while. Robinson is pretty high up there. Oh, yeah. We had a lot of Robinson stuff.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I love the kid, but Justice Hanson, right?
0: No, no, that's what I'm saying. He's, no, he's number, number one. Um, he yeah, may have I mean, more than everybody um, else combined. Chris
1: Robinson was such a, so widely, like, you saw him a bunch, but we were there mm-hmm. the day that Lincoln Riley made him his first quarterback offer. Like, we watched that. We had that entire workout on film. Oh, that's film.
0: right. That's and right. And then he went and yeah. worked
1: Sean Robinson out later that day at Grand Prairie High School.
0: Within he that same
1: time frame, I was frame. One of
3: those guys. That was like, "Sean Robinson's going to be a lot better than Chris Robinson."
1: <laughs> Within that, <laughs> they, they both suck. Where is Sean Robinson? Did
3: he transfer? Where did you can't he transfer? That Robinson to. sucked. He was going to have a good career. He was having a good career. He he's, just, yeah, he's had a good. He'd career. Get out of his own way.
1: Oh man, yeah. I mean, he'll probably yeah, he'll really end up on an NFL roster some at some point.
0: You know a non-quarterback contender that was in that same camp uh, day that you guys are talking about, Robert Barnes. We got a yeah, lot of Robert yeah. Barnes,
1: but we didn't see him like multiple, multiple times. And he was kind of a late, wasn't he? For as as far as the process went, wasn't he kind of a later offer?
0: No, he got offered before his no. junior year. Okay, that that okay. So, that was that when you guys saw him was the summer going into his junior year. And I saw him right a couple times that year, including one of my all-time favorite clips was him catching like a touchdown over his shoulder literally right in front of me. I, I couldn't have been in a better spot. But um, that I, was yeah, a do- I,
2: we saw Bob, we saw him play at uh, Union, didn't we? Yeah, because we were looking at Trey Brown and uh, o, Obi Edbo, who went to Stanford like the very next day.
3: That's
0: right. And, you remember? Uh, he you know who? He, you know, you know he he who? We
2: waited him out just for him to commit to Stanford.
0: You know, wasn't one, that Zach Ferrari too?
2: Yes. Yep. Ferrari was there as well. Yeah. You know, I one he guy. The junior, though, right? No, he was going into the scene.
0: He was a year ahead 20, of Robert, wasn't
2: he? Uh, twenty sixteen. It was uh, Barnes and, and Trey Brown were both twenty seventeen. There was a lot yeah. of lot of lot of people watching. That I'll
1: watch. give you another one that we might have cursed: uh, Michael Anoha. Oh man!
2: I was actually talking to
3: somebody about him the other night. He. He's with the Ravens right now. Like, he's in camp yeah, with them.
1: Yeah, It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Did he finish at UCO?
3: Gonna say,
2: I was going to say it's got to be someone that maybe we identified early, like Stephen Parker. We, that doesn't do Yeah, he got a lot of, of
1: he got a lot uh, of, freshman, of coverage from us. So. God.
0: Bob, do you, you know, what, know that you're like, Eddie? Stephen
3: Parker's been in the league for three years. I mean, he's had a, a very successful professional football career. Has I know he's on, like, his fourth team, but – He's still hanging around though.
0: That was one of the coldest state championship games I ever remember watching, that yeah. Jinx Union game where the three of us and Bob wasn't working for us at that time, but the Eddie, Bob, and I are sitting there after the game waiting for Steven, and he kept telling us he was gonna come and gonna come. And I think <laughs> I think Eddie and I finally were like, F it, we're we're done. Like we're we're going home. This is not this is not worth it. I'll drive back up in a week if I have to.
2: <laughs> and he never did talk.
0: I think that's right. I think you messaged me like, yeah, he didn't even show. Uh, yep. I, I was, I mean, I was like cold. I couldn't feel my feet. I, I was cold.
3: Carrie, I think uh, didn't Awanu, uh, uh, how do you say it?
1: Michael Anoha. 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 Yeah.
3: Anoha. Didn't he finish at uh, Sam Houston?
1: That might Texas be right.
2: State, Commerce. Commerce, wasn't it? Oh,
1: Texas a oh, Commerce. Texas a
2: Commerce, that is right. Yeah. That's right. Like, Hatari Bird, Michael like, Anoha.
1: Well, didn't he go sell cars like after he left OU for
0: a while or something? He did. I knew, it. like, because i had written like him off at that point. Yeah, like I totally forgot about him from there. And then I was—it was this summer. I was looking around. And I was like, "Did you guys see this?" And I remember sending it to you. And I—I I was like, "Man, I must have just missed this." And I think all of us were like, kind of a holy shit moment. I forgot about him.
1: You know who might be number if who ha- who can vie for number two? Uh. Um, Jace McClellan.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have to
1: see how his career pans out, but it doesn't look good with the amount of video we took of him in high school.
0: Yeah. It, it doesn't bode well for him. That's for sure. Uh, cause I saw him as a freshman. I know we got tape of two different games as a sophomore because that was the thing. Not only would I always make a point to catch him in the season because he was so highly rated. And he was a big time guy. But Alito went so much deeper in the playoffs than everybody else that I ended up catching him in the playoffs, too. So I'd catch him a couple times a year. Um, And then at that one point, he was playing with Chuck Filiaga, so there was even more reason to go see him. So I think that one year, I think I saw him three times. I think I saw him early in the season when he got hurt. And then I saw him in the first round of the playoffs, and Alito beat, God, who was it, Grapevine. They beat the hell out of Grapevine. And then I saw him, I think, in the state semis again. And that was he was one of the first guys,
1: Eddie, that we did our uh, live cam with, our backpack with.
3: Yeah, down at uh, juror World, yeah, right? yeah, in the uh, mm-hmm. states of ice. Yep. And then he yeah. uh, decommitted like seven days later, six days later. Yep.
0: He or Chris <laughs> you know,
3: Robinson
1: are number two.
3: Yeah.
0: Stayed through the whole game. Asked him after afterward if he wanted to do an interview and talk a little bit about his situation. Though you, nah, I don't, I don't think I want to talk about that right now. It's like okay, I think we awesome. we know where this is going.
1: All right, so uh, let's get into it. Let's, let's talk about the Sooner Summit. Um, th- no no longer theory. No longer crapping on it. Uh, look, <laughs> I was texting with Carl Williams this morning. I've texted with him off and on uh, since Friday. Um, no, we did a uh, shitty job of covering it. It, it. it wasn't because we, you know, thought it was stupid, uh, or, you know, we didn't care or we were mad. Or anything like that. We just didn't do a good job covering it, you know. We, we didn't do a good enough job getting down there and talking to kids while they were here in Norman. Uh, we were never going to go out and be a part of any festivities uh, or anything like that. It was, like, I would say this. John Hoover uh, did a great job uh, just coming down, getting interviews, and leaving. That's, that's what you do. That's how media works. You, you just report on the process. You're not part of the process. Um, but I give it up to Carl, to, to Caleb. I can't believe they pulled it off as much as they did. They did a fantastic job. Uh, I'm going to talk to Carl about that on Friday, just about the process of putting it together. And my mea culpa to you is I'll write the story. I'll, I'll do a big feature on it um, because guys, I don't, I mean, I'll, I'll admit I didn't see it happening. Uh, I can't imagine. I never could have imagined they pulled it off like they did. It just seems like it was, ended up being a tremendous event.
2: Yeah, well, it happened. you had all those maybes and ifs, and they all came through. Yeah. on Bird, Kamar Wheaton, like all the guys would have thought, oh, he couldn't get a ride up. Oh, he had something come up, so he couldn't make the trip. None of that happened. The weekend went off exactly the way that they were hoping that uh, that it would. And as like as long as they followed the NCAA rules to a T. There's really not much that can be done here. I mean, there's a lot of sour grapes, clearly, from other schools and, and people like that. But if, if they follow the rules, there's, there's nothing you can really say except, man, I wish we would have thought of that. And, you know, when people bring up, I think the Jamar Cain tweet gets brought up a lot from Saturday night about watching the NBA uh, playoff game in the stadium. And But you know those kids were at the Collective. Like that's one of the things because they were out in public for people to see, it's pretty obvious to you know connect the dots and say, wait a minute, they weren't in Norman. They weren't with the players or the coaches. They were doing their own thing. They did exactly what they set out to do in the correct manner that they had to do it.
1: And we had a, we had a copy of one of the players that sent us the itinerary, uh, just looking at the itinerary. There was nothing on there that, you know, uh indicated, you know, meet with the coaches or anything. I mean nothing like that. Like uh you know, apparently there was a FaceTime well, there was a FaceTime with Lincoln Riley when they're back at the hotel later that night. Uh but Saturday they ate lunch at the garage downtown in Norman. Uh then they like I said they went to the collective in Oklahoma City uh on Saturday night. I a lot of people freaked out because they had a picture on the field, but let's be honest guys, we know the stadium I mean They've always kind of let people walk through the stadium. Uh, yeah. And you have so many people this time of year coming in and out. I mean, uh, employees park underneath the stadium. I mean, you can – all you have to do is duck under a gate if you want to. I mean, I'm not trying to tell everybody how to get on the field here, but uh, there's usually a gate open that you walk through on one side, like on the, on the west side, and then the east side uh, has a gate open. Uh, you just have to find one. You just have to find one. Yeah, I mean Something it's not like where. Fort just, Knox. Just keep yeah, and so they found I, one. They got on the field. I, but I did.
2: I did that for Brittany's maternity photos. We just kept looking for a gate that was open, and we finally found one, and we took some in the empty empty stadium. It's not that hard.
1: God, you Homer.
2: Sounds nope. like you broke into the stadium. <laughs> well, and, and nobody no, wanted I to believe step it. Onto the field I'm afraid of those alarms. I don't know if those alarms are legit, but I will not walk onto the field because I always heard stories that the alarms go go off and they come and get you. I mean, I think that's one of those situations that they don't want you, like, breaking out in
3: an uh, OU flag football game down on the field. But I think if you go in there, take a picture real quick and leave, and especially if you maybe have five stars – they're not, they, don't, they don't send the Norman Police Department over there.
1: Well, and then the rugby fields, they took a picture out there. But, guys, that's just wide open spaces. I mean, that's, there's nobody out at the rugby fields uh, for 90% of the day. I mean, they practice out there. But, uh, again, it's not Fort Knox. I mean, the coaches drive their cars into that field. There's a big gravel lot where they park. Uh, so those, those gates are always open. I mean, anybody can go out there. So it's not like, it's not like now, did they go out there and watch practice? Like, I don't think that they were invited in to watch practice. If they watched practice, they would have watched it from the parking lot.
2: Um, that's sort of what Tristan Lee implied. We watched it from a safe distance, far away. That was kind of what he told Adam Friedman.
1: But I, I think it's like everything else. It's like if you're an A&M fan or you're a Texas fan, you build it up in your mind, like, there's no way that this could have happened if the coaches didn't have something to do with it. Well, that's where Carl Williams comes in. I mean, he put it together, uh, and he knew what to do, and he made enough stuff for them to do while they were here that it wasn't just a bunch of guys sitting around twiddling their thumbs.
0: Well, if if you could do this as a coaching staff and get away with it, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. Like – this is something that they put together. This was I, – because I, I can talk to – and that's part of the reason. I mean, these two things are connected. When we talk about, okay, you know, maybe we didn't know all the things we should have known. We weren't as prepared as we should have been. And I, to be clear, that's on me. I'm fine with that. But you have to acknowledge if that's the case, at least part of that is because the sources we are accustomed to talking to had nothing to do with it. If they knew everything, we'd have been able to check more and know more and do some things, but that wasn't the case. And that's why, like, so there is, there's just no question. This was, this was not a sneaky thing that Oklahoma put together or had some, you know, special motive about. Don't get me wrong, it works out great for them, but it's just, it's a bit of good fortune because, guys, the reality is, if, and I don't say this to be a shot at the kid, but if Brock Vandegrift was still the quarterback commitment in this class, this weekend never happens. Never. Right. I mean, not only
2: did Caleb you know, focus on 2021, but you know, I wrote yesterday. I mean, he invited those 2022 Oklahoma high school kids. Now, I don't know if he knew them beforehand or if, you know, the coaching staff said, hey, if you really want to go the next step, Talon Chetron, Gentry Williams, and Jacob Sexton are three guys from our backyard that we'd love to have be part of this class too. And Sexton went to uh, Chalk and Top Golf with them Friday, and then the Collective Saturday night, and then Talon and Gentry came around Saturday. And I mean, that that that's what you do. I mean, it's not saying those three guys are slam dunks for the Sooners, but if you want to put like your best foot forward, you have your five star quarterback commit from a year that's not with them, say, hey, you're more than welcome to come hang out with us too. You can tell it meant a lot to those guys to feel like they were part of that group.
3: Biggest takeaway that I I took out of the weekend was the fact that, you know, I I think from the outside looking in, it kind of reinforces what I thought as far as you're talking about this class now with a leader in Caleb Williams, a guy that, that that, that is that committed to building a class, to taking the responsibility of the class. I mean, you could start talking about a historic class being put together for the 2021 class, and I guess it makes it more real knowing he's kind of put in a little bit of the legwork, if you will.
1: Well, and Josh, just break it down. I know, you know, either you or Bob or Adam Friedman has reached out to just about everybody that's attended, um, you know, I've, I've mentioned I've been talking to Carl through text, uh, Caleb's father. I'm supposed to catch up with him on Friday. Uh, but let me ask you, where did this really uh, help OU the most? I mean, obviously, I think you got to start with Kamar Wheaton. He releases a top three, uh, which is interesting in and of itself, and maybe you could talk about that as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think he um, really – you're going to start in the 2021 class. I mean, there was obviously a good group of guys there. Uh, I think the two that probably saw the biggest impact from this weekend were Savion Bird and Kamar Wheaton. Um, I think Bird is a guy that it, it feels like he's close. Like he feels like one of those guys that could go at any time. Like, but I it, and it also feels like more and more, it's not just Oklahoma sources that are starting to say, okay, Oklahoma's in really good shape here. You're starting to see national guys, guys that co- you know that cover programs that Bird is involved with are starting to hear, okay, I think Oklahoma's kind of stepped out in front here. So I think they're in, in a good spot with him right now. Uh, I, it's always about momentum. I mean, to me, you've got to find a way to try and close this. But the tough thing is, is Savion Bird is clearly a guy that still wants to take trips and take official visits if he can – and he's one of those guys still holding out hope that's a possibility. I think we all are pretty much of the opinion that it's not ever going to happen in this class. But that's, it, it's you know, I'm sure his opinion of, well, what's it hurt to wait? You know, I understand how he feels. So uh, the other is, like I said, is Kamar Wheaton, the number seven player in the country, number one running back. Uh, just an explosive guy. Really, what I got out of talking to some people about him this weekend was just him. He's such a quiet guy. I know people hear me say that sometimes, but this is really true. Kamar Wheaton is very self-contained. Is not a guy that is, you know. Uh, there's guys that are quiet to me, and then you'll talk to other people and like, oh no, he's always kind of the center of attention, whatever he's doing. That's not really who Kamar Wheaton is. And um, I, I think with him, there is a, uh, there was a real chance for him to kind of build some relationships, some guys he knew, Savion Bird. He, you know, had talked with Caleb Williams before, but this was a chance to really get to know those guys a little bit and know some of the other guys, Tristan Lee included. But – oh, go ahead, Bob.
2: I was going to say, and that's why I thought it was important that Colin Montgomery showed up because, uh, like we sort of said last week, to do this right, you have to have the mix, the mix of targets and commits. And Montgomery, I'm sure he worked hard as he could on Lee and Burr, you know, without being too overly aggressive where you could turn them off, but enough to say, Hey, come join me. Come be a part of something special. And I think, you know, you can hear in Colin's voice, how excited he was about what he thinks is about to happen. I mean, this sounded, this wasn't like, Oh, it was a really good trip. This from talking to a lot of those guys, this was a great trip where the best is still yet to come. And that's a, that was the best-case scenario from what could go down, and it sounds like it might just work out exactly that way.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. The Reading Adam Friedman's article and talking to a few sources, it sounds like they hit the just hit it out of the park with Tristan Lee. I, I think that went uh, extremely, extremely well. And, um, you know, obviously, again, the nice timing, they offer Aiden Lee, his younger brother, while he's there, kind of get some continuity there, you know, build some excitement to where it's not just about Tristan and it makes it a big deal for the family. I've talked to some people, and I think really um, the big factor in this really is is going to be his mom. Um, I know she went to LSU, really enjoyed her trip there, uh, really liked the people, uh, you know, not just the, the coaches and the support staff and some of that stuff, but just the people that they that they were around inside the stadium. Uh, I I think there was just a good relationship built there. So Oklahoma has got to kind of weather that storm. And I think what they have in their corner is that he knows more people in Norman. I don't think he has a lot of connection to the players in LSU or, you know, at LSU, but with, um, with Oklahoma, there's Caleb Williams, there's potentially Jaleel Farouk. Uh, You know, you've got guys from that area, uh, obviously now Kelvin Gilliam uh, being part of the class. So, There's a lot of things that can work for Oklahoma in that regard, but it does sound very much like this is becoming an LSU-Oklahoma battle for Tristan Lee.
1: Bob, feel free to uh, take over the recruiting portion if you'd like, if you have some more stuff you want to get to.
2: Well, we kind of hit it right there. Calvin Gilliam is another name where it feels like years past, OU finishes second or third, and you think, what might have been had he been a sooner, but – Turns out, go back Virginia once again, second commit from this high school. How big is Gilliam for the defensive class, Josh?
0: I think you're dead on, Bob. This is a guy that two years ago Oklahoma just misses out on. They, You know, he loves Calvin Thibodeau or he loves Lincoln Riley, but I just want to do this, right? You know, there's some other reason why it doesn't fit for him. And in his case, man, I, you know, there was – There was just no question for him. You know, I I talked to him when we did our interview on Thursday for the story that ended up running on Saturday. And I kind of said, hey, you know, because I I don't ever want to be presumptuous, but I I figure when the kid's talking to me to do his pre-interview, I kind of know what the story is. I said, hey, you know, so what's it going to be? I think I know, but why don't you tell me? And he goes, you know, it's been Oklahoma, you know. And that was kind of the crux of the story was just him – always kind of coming back to Oklahoma. He, he would kind of talk about other schools. And I liked Penn State, and I liked Cal, and I liked Florida, but it always seemed like it, for him it just came back to Oklahoma and his relationship with Calvin Thibodeau, his relationship with the rest of the staff. Like You could just tell there was a lot of familiarity from the top down with him, and I think he liked that a lot. And I think a lot of it started with that, uh, that virtual visit. I think that's really when – Oklahoma went from a school he liked to maybe that's the place for me. So, you know, I I think he's a huge get for OU. He gives OU a bunch of versatility up front. I think he could play the four tech. He could play the five tech. Uh, For those that don't follow it, he could play the Jalen Redmond role. He could play the Ronnie Perkins role. He can move around and do a lot of things. And honestly, if if he was a guy that came to campus and just, you know, his frame filled out, he looks kind of lean in his lower body, so he could get a lot bigger. Maybe he moves inside completely, you know, and can play some nose and maybe a pass rushing situation. There's a lot you can do with Kelvin Gilliam, and I think that's one of the things that Alex Grinch and you know Lincoln uh, Lincoln Riley, Jamar Cain, Calvin Thibodeau, the whole crew. I think that's what they liked about him is that they can move him around, and you know, when he's on the field, he doesn't tip anything to the defense because he can throw a lot of different looks, or they can throw a lot of different looks with him on the field.
3: Josh, you'd be the perfect person to ask this, but just from the videos that uh, I've seen with him, like with on-camera interviews, uh, with the quotes that he gave, the story that you wrote, he gives a very Gerald McCoy vibe as far as uh, personality.
0: I can flat out tell you, you know, guys, we we've talked before about, you know, should we bring a recruit on to the podcast? Was it is it entertaining when people enjoy it? Kelvin Gilliam is one of the few guys that I would say, yeah, you could bring him on, no problem. Kelvin Gilliam is outgoing he's always upbeat he's just a, a really really easy guy to talk to and kind of one of those guys where I'll be like hey you know we'll, we're gonna talk for 10 15 minutes that's all I need and then it ends up being like 2025 20, and it, it didn't it wasn't supposed to be it just you get you get to where you're just conversing with the guy rather than actually really doing an interview and so he's he's very natural in that way uh, is a guy that you know you guys, and you know, maybe I'll tell, put a good word in for you know, Kersey with Gilliam, but by and large, I mean, the you know, he's a guy you guys are going to love to stick a microphone in his face and just let him go. Virginia
2: doesn't have a season, we could get him on the pod, mm-hmm. we, we got, he's absolutely got time could, on his
0: hands. yeah. No, I and I'm trying to work out a time where I can go see both him and DeMond, uh, hopefully see uh, Tristan Lee maybe even get up to where I can see uh, Caleb Williams and Jalil Farouk. If we can work all those things out, that would be a, a pretty hellacious trip. And really it's doable because, you know, like I said, Oklahoma and DMV is all of a sudden a real presence.
2: And I'll I'll end it here for, for this part and just say Lincoln Riley's finally got me. He got me Saturday night. I don't know if that O was for Gilliam or for someone else. Then <laughs> I came out Sunday night, but now we think, we might have a little idea about the eyes still feel good about our theory that eyes mean 20 to 22, but the, O, the, I, you know, he's just doing what he does and I'm sure he'll put that pawn up soon enough. And it'll be about playing chess again.
0: I know there's been a whole bunch of rumors. My understanding is that one commitment has happened. Um, I, I don't think it was connected to the O. I still maintain that. O almost had to have been Kelly, Kelvin Gilliam. From what it was I can understand,
2: 45 minutes of his commitment. That's why I, I know it was
0: guilty. It, it's an. It would it, the timing is just unlikely and unusual, and I can't find an answer that makes any sense beyond that. Um, I will say I from some of the sources that I talk to, I don't think Bob's the only one that's totally confused on the O's and the I's. There are a lot of uh, kind of just like shrugs when I talk to people. Like just it, it could I. I think Lincoln Riley's having fun messing with people. I, I think there's absolutely some element of that. Uh, and the other thing I will say is I, a commitment has definitely happened, to my understanding, and I think another player is very, very, very close. Um, so has kind of, you know, I, I will say this, has gone through the process of asking for some edits, some of those things. To my knowledge, has not actually told OU he is coming, but usually, you know, it's one or the other comes first, and, the edits seem to have come up. So we'll we'll see where that goes. But I, I think, you know, Oklahoma, I don't – it won't – I don't expect – I wouldn't say I expect anything before the end of this month. But by the time OU kicks off, if the season goes as currently scheduled, it wouldn't shock me if there was a couple more commitments in the bag.
1: All right. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you guys about before we get out of here. Does anybody else understand – Exactly what the Associated Press is trying to do right now.
3: No. I I, I didn't have a problem with the way that they did the AP Top 25. I mean, it's stupid, but it didn't bother me. Including somebody, and I, I hate to just bag on the kid, but including somebody like a Micah Parson on the AP preseason team in which he never even planned on playing the season, that bugs me because, in a way, I kind of think it takes away from a kid that is going to play. Like the absolutely. personal recognition, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being soft about that.
0: No, I think that's fair. I mean, it, it's it's not like he's up in the air or he's working on it. And there's rumors right. he's absolutely not going to play, and he's there's never some other. I mean, planned on playing. And it's not like there's not plenty of good options out there. There's a lot of really good linebackers you could choose from. I I don't know what. And I, I'm one, you know, guys, it's funny. I feel like Eddie and I are always on the opposite side of these things. I think the including teams that are not playing is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Like, I, I don't. I do too. I do. What are we trying to rank? What's like if, if this, if it doesn't matter if we're playing, then why would the, the rankings don't matter? It's just, it's, 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 and how does land. Ohio State, State ever up.
1: fall from number two? Like, yes. all they, I mean, like, They're just going to be this mythical team that, like, can do no wrong, and no matter what happens, they're always going to reside there at number two or number one. Well,
0: what if Ohio State had started at number one? They're your national champions at the end of the year. I mean, we know nobody drops when they don't lose. (laughs) Well, I think especially from the number one spot.
2: That's that's said. like if Clemson's number one, they lose, then the Buckeyes are number
0: one. Oh, God, that'd be amazing. (laughs) The the first winless national champion in the history of college football.
1: Actually, the first national champions that can't play each
3: other. Texas A&M would be really jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Texas Texas A&M. Are they not going to be ranking teams that are actually playing? Like once like September 12th or 15th hits, Are they not going to be dropping those teams out of the rankings?
0: I don't know. If if Uh, A&M or
2: if that's the way it was going, I I kind of thought that that it is stupid. I thought that Eddie, but I think it might be up to the voters who are still voting. Well, they should take
3: if you're voting for teams that aren't playing this season, (laughs) take your vote away. Like those are the people.
1: They that already did.
2: Win. They already voted for teams that aren't playing.
3: Uh, the
1: AP a, directed people to, to vote for teams yeah. even if they aren't playing. That was a directive from the Associated Press.
3: See, I thought that that was just like a one-time deal with the with the preseason. Maybe I'm dumb for thinking that, but I if like those. Those are the types of people that probably need their AP vote taken away.
0: Well, those as are as the types of
3: people that vote for Heisman. With six weeks left in
0: the season. Or vote, just vote for Notre Dame starting quarterback every year. He ends up sure. in their top three.
3: Sure.
0: It's been
1: a while since that's been a problem, though. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have a functional one. I think Ron Powell has killed that.
0: Well, I mean, the, somewhere, D- somewhere here in he uh, Albino, they're still talking.
3: <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, it's, it's, Hopefully that self remedies as, you know, the season starts and those teams aren't playing and people will just be like, okay, I don't care what the AP says. I'm not voting for Ohio state number two anymore.
0: So with that in mind, uh, this is an important one. Who's going to be the team that ends up at like number 15 that has in no year, any other year in history, would they get anywhere near this number? but they're going to run off a bunch of wins early against maybe some crap teams, you know, their schedule works out nicely. And the fact that they don't have to worry about teams from the Pac 12 or the Big 10 taking spots. What like who's that team that's going to sneak up on everybody and be like, "Oh yeah, no, they're they're shitty, but there's nobody else to vote for."
3: I don't know if they're shitty, but I think Army's going to go undefeated. Yeah.
0: Breaker, breaker. What's is going that, on there is, uh, I, I thought I heard a vibrator i was I was confused <laughs>
1: uh yeah so I, I I don't know I mean it's all it's all crazy I, I, I hopefully it will sort itself out, but it's just it's a weird it just kind of shows you how weird everything is right now. I just want to get to a first game. I don't care if I'm in the stadium or at home I just want to see some football. Some yeah, I mean we
2: still don't have the time. We don't have the pay-per-view. We all assume it will be. But I mean we're two weeks away and we still don't have some of the details like that.
1: It'll be interesting. We still yeah, we still have to formulate our plans on coverage and exactly yep. how everything's gonna work. So we don't even know that yet. But hopefully this week we'll have uh we're we're supposed to have more information this week at some point. So that will definitely be good. Um Outside of that guy's, you know, position stuff, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley uh, seemed to be very happy with his running back room yesterday. Uh, gave them a big uh, uh, vote of confidence in terms of, I believe, what did he say? The, it was one of the best young rooms that he's been around.
2: It feels like it should be. I mean, they're all four of those guys. Like, yeah, it makes sense. They they should be a factor for sure. And I think part of it is. You're trying to let DeMarco Murray know that you're doing a good job, man. I know these first six, eight months have been insane on and off the field, but you just keep putting in that work. You've got a really good room, and I know you you can get it going.
1: And like you were talking about earlier, Eddie, we haven't seen a lot of video, uh, but w- the, the little video that we have seen, you had the DeMarco Murray mic'd up with Seth McGowan uh, basically running around an entire defense, and then – uh, the video they released either yesterday or the day before had him running unimpeded into the end zone. Uh, so it looks like Seth McGowan is is doing some impressive things early.
3: There's a ton to like there. And I, I think that I came, with, came in with it thinking that Seth McGowan was pretty good just for the fact that every time Josh would go see him, he'd send back videos of him running either an 80-yard touchdown and nobody even coming close to catching him. Or it, it just seemed like every time Josh went and saw him, he had some badass highlights. And I think that uh, it's one of those things that you know he he reminds me a little bit of maybe a, a Rodney Anderson esque. I not, probably not as not as big, obviously, but not as physical. But it is certainly interesting that um, it, it seems like there are a lot of people that love the way that he runs down there. Out of those three, I, I am kind of excited to see who ends up getting the most carries and then even going back into the markets major thing, it's like somebody asked on the board a couple of weeks ago like why why is there so much hype around him it's like the guy was building a good freshman season before he ran into the injury problem a year ago he was a highly rated kid out of high school like why wouldn't people be excited about the possibility of him in this offense
1: and he was getting a ton of time in practice and he was impressing and that's what i told those guys on the thread like you know, you got to remember, T.J. Pledger had that wrist injury. Uh, Trey Sermon was banged up. They only had one really good running back in Kennedy Brooks that was healthy, and they didn't want him in practice getting banged up. So uh, Marcus Major, that's probably why he ended up having so- shoulder surgeries because he was taking all the reps in practice, and he was doing really well. So, I-, I yeah, I think there's a reason to be excited. And let's face it, I mean, I don't put it past, you know, Lincoln Riley to get the NCAA to just say, look, this whole season is insane. Uh, Why are we suspending kids who tested positive for weed? And if you get Ramondre Stevenson back, if if that for some, like I, of all the things that, and this is not a, a, I'm not ripping anybody, but all the things fans get upset about, I would think that they would, you know, jump on that train a little bit more about like, why are guys suspended for weed uh, going into a season like this when it's not that big of a deal anymore? And I know that's Lincoln Riley's hope, but if you get Ramondre Stevenson back, all your problems are solved. Yeah. Oh boy. That,
3: that
0: becomes there we a go. There really you room. just
3: started it. You're the one that's going to be. Uh, people are going to be asking every day now. Has it got it overturned by the NCAA? I think the NCAA will rule on that in January of 2021. <laughs> so we should be able to. Yeah, that's the get problem. The NCAA
1: <laughs> has a lot of other things on their plate that they're worried about, and member institutions are worried about. Then, should we just let positive weed tests go?
0: the NCAA is going to come back and say, we thought he was the guy that transferred to Ohio State. We thought we were fine till January. But uh, now, guys, just to, real quick, because we, we touched on DeMarco Murray and people kind of, you know, not sure where to stand on him right now. I currently have Oklahoma f- uh, forecasted with three uh, running backs. One is the number one running back and number seven overall player in the 2021 class, Kamar Wheaton. 1 is the number 1 all-purpose back and number 30 overall player, Relique Brown, who you guys have seen in person yeah. and is just scary scary good. And the other is the number 3 overall running back in the 2022 class, Gavin Sawchuk, who is a legit 104 track guy out of Colorado, the exact same high school that produced Christian McCaffrey. So, you are Demarco Murray is gonna be fine. Just give him some time. This is—I I, admit—I was very interested to see how it would play out. I don't think it's played quite as fast as some people wanted it to. But when I look at what they're doing in 2022 at running back and the position they're putting themselves in, I, I think they're going to be more than fine.
1: Yeah, I really like Malik Brown. I mean, he's really, really good. I mean, he is—he's a small version. To me, from a skill set standpoint, he's a small version of Joe Mixon, a guy that yeah. you can split out at receiver, and mm-hmm. he can be totally competent out there.
0: Yeah, he he's he's like a he's got some Marquise Brown in him, like that yeah. sort of electrifying yeah. speed. But at the same time, they're going to put him in the backfield and do some stuff with him there as well. If you know, if Oklahoma can land him.
1: Yeah, I saw your, your note on that. That was quite a, uh, a note. So, look, uh, go to the website. We've got uh, – I know we don't have the immediate informational paparazzi stuff over the weekend, uh, so I'm sorry you don't know how uh, Caleb Williams felt about the fried tacos at the Collective. Um, but we've, we've got lots of content uh, and more to come uh, from the weekend. Uh, and like I said, yeah, we screwed that up. We should have been better. Uh, but we're making up for it. Lots of good content, stuff that you would have gotten, regardless of when it was, just good quality information. Uh, Bob's done a great job, Adam Friedman, Josh, uh, and then we'll have more with the Williams uh, coming up later this week. So uh, keep checking out the website. Of course, uh, all kinds of interviews going on right now with players and staff uh, as we build towards the season. I do feel like we're going to get there. Oh, uh, you just needs to control these uh, COVID positives a little bit, uh, and they've done a good job in the past, so there's no reason to think that they won't continue to do that. Uh, you look at the NFL, guys, I mean, it it kind of goes to show you there is a big difference when you're getting paid millions of dollars to keep yourself quarantined versus college kids uh, who don't give a shit, and that's not a negative. That's just a fact of life, and Eddie will tell you. Kids are going to party.
3: The, 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 the most amazing stat that's out there right now is the city of Tuscaloosa had more positive cases this week than the entire country of Canada. <laughs> I mean, that's that's actually the most American thing that's out there right now.
2: <sighs> uh,
3: there was a good, I think Thamel wrote a pretty good article a few weeks back, uh, too, about the NFL protocols. Because he talked to Matt Rule, uh, Mike Brabel and... Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Bill O'Brien down in Houston, because they have all worked at colleges. And he was basically like the, the 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 article was basically talking about you know what are the differences between the NFL and what the college is trying to do. And I mean, we're talking about guys' livelihoods yeah. at the NFL level. Yeah, they're not gonna, outside of the dumbass that tried to sneak his uh, his girlfriend into the Seahawks camp. Like, I think that there's kind of a policing yourself type of responsibility and to to a certain extent i think that's happening within the college football programs it's just not happening to uh you know ted the beta or you know eddie the fiji over wherever i mean i I, the biggest the biggest hypocritical thing we're doing is making fun of college kids for partying i would have been doing the same goddamn thing
1: i had the saddest social life in college so I can't say Same. that I would have been doing that. Like, Same. I've seen a working lot of people jobs. been like, "Yeah, I was working. Uh, I played baseball for a couple of years, so I didn't come in, you know, with all my buddies and stuff." So, I just I was a sad college student. You um,
3: just have to wonder what this is doing for the Adderall market on campus.
1: You know, <laughs> see, I didn't live that life in college. Um, by the way, you know, OU. So, so just to get it out there, they 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 had seventeen positive cases active cases that's cut down to almost lower than double digits at this point well less than double digits uh so they're 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 starting to get the full squad back i did i didn't mention this you know texas tech reported 21 active cases uh which is even worse but because OU just had like six in their latest round but tech comes out as like 21, which makes sense because i mean i would say lubbock is the craziest campus in the big 12 wouldn't you guys for partying?
2: We'll assume so.
3: Tack? Yes. Uh, I mean, Austin's pretty, pretty wild. I, I've always thought every college gets down in its own way. I've always thought, um, I mean, from experience alone, I would, I would say Lubbock or Stillwater is probably pretty up there. I think people up in Ames probably have a little bit of a drinking problem. Oh, yeah, problem. yeah, no kind doubt. We see that every...
1: Oh, man, I mean, Aggieville in Manhattan is nuts. I mean, we've been there after games uh, in recent years, and that place is a circus.
3: If you drink as much bush light as the Cyclone fans do, you know you got some type of problem.
1: (laughs) But the one thing that that I think went under the radar is Oklahoma State had never released a COVID report other than when their players first checked in. They finally did this week... And they report for their entire athletics department, they had 77 recoveries from COVID. Like, in Eddie, I know you've heard things. I've heard things. I have heard that over 60 of those are in the football program.
3: Yeah, so, I think that that's probably uh, accurate. I think that I've, I've heard something along the same lines. In fact, I mean, we've talked about it on the pod, but they had to dismiss two players because of their inability to follow direction and follow rules with uh, Jacob Farrell and uh, Bryce Bray. So, I mean, it it, kind of went under the radar that they released that many and nobody said anything. But I also think at the same time it's kind of become normalized. And there's a lot of people, you know, particularly around here, that just kind of, myself included, that when they release stuff every day, I just roll my eyes. Well,
1: and I think the thing about it, why that strikes me is because yeah, we spent a lot of time on the pod and on the website just talking about the ups and downs of camp, you know, players voting to go home for a week, uh, you know, practices not being so good. That's with 34 total cases. Like, how difficult has it been in Stillwater to practice? When I saw those numbers, like, I wondered. That's like, I felt, I felt kind of bad because I was like, yeah, it hasn't been great. I haven't portrayed it as being all that great at OU, but holy shit how how insane has it been in stillwater trying to field the practice squad day to day
3: yeah it's a it's a really good question i'd kind of like to know to talk to the people that have covered it i i've heard that's been a problem so i don't know we'll see
1: all right well uh as it stands now i think you know we're closer to football than we've ever been uh hopefully i just hope bob that we start seeing a more lighter happier Lincoln Riley.
2: Oh, he looked depressed yesterday. He's looked I depressed almost, the entire time. I was almost like, Are you doing okay, bud? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what the mental health of the players? His mental health oh. yesterday to me felt like the worst I've ever seen him.
1: This has gotta be killing him. I mean, it just it's just it's gotta be killing all those guys. I mean, wow. It's just and he wears it on his face. It's just Yes. It's absolutely. like nothing that we've ever seen these guys trying to get these guys on the field. So, um, but I think, I think things are turning up. I do feel better today than I did any time last week. So there you go. All right, guys, I appreciate it as always. Uh, We'll have more on the site. We're going to talk to coaches and players uh, throughout the rest of this week. Some more to come. And we're finally asking football questions, which I love. Uh, So get more in there. Uh, we'll, We'll be able to get more out to you about what's going on inside the practices at Oklahoma and all that. So thanks to Josh. Thanks to Eddie. Thanks to Bob. I'm Kerry Murdoch. And we'll see you guys back here again next week for another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com.